Well, here we are. Yep. Two, four, six. Two, four, six, eight? If we make it to two, four, six, eight, that'll be pretty crazy. That would be nuts. But this is episode 246. This is our uh, best movies of the year episode. This is always uh, the biggest episode, Mm -hmm. the longest episode, the most nerve-wracking episode. We're going to try to stop it from being the longest episode uh, this year. Uh, but we're still going to probably have the nerves going into it. It was a good year. I, I feel like movie-wise, it was a good year. But my list didn't quite move around as much as it did in previous years. And I think some of that has to do with, like, there are a lot of statement movies to me this year. Like, there were a lot of things that were just, like, I have not forgotten about them, no matter what, what time yeah. of year they came out and they kind of resonated. So I, I found that. Certain positions didn't change, and mm-hmm. then something Steve kind of mentioned, like the wait, which one's Steve? The bottom. I'm confused. I'm always confused. Which one of us is Steve? Us. Oh, that'd be me. All right, so I'm, I'm wrong, and I'm John. Uh, so the bottom three, just kind of switching around, and maybe ten, eleven. Yeah, I, I had that. Yeah, 10, 11, we were talking 12. briefly before we recorded. Like I've had. That's been my biggest problem. Like the movies that were like, I guess eight through one, like they're going to be on my list, whatever movement there is. Like, you know, that's kind of shifted a lot over the past couple of weeks when I tried to watch a bunch of stuff to get ready for this episode. But like the nine, 10, 11 has been like stressing me the fuck out because there's a movie, there's, there's one movie that's not going to get in. And, you know, it's just like, which one will it be? You know? And I'm trying to think of like, I'm looking at this list and I, I kind of went through some of our last episodes for like year end stuff and even my personal list that I, I I've updated in years since when I've rewatched stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think of like movies that I know like over time, like which ones are the most likely like they're not gonna remove themselves from this list. You know what I mean? Like there's gonna be staying power. It's not just the now moment of it. You know, it's more of like these things are going to be ones that I'll I'll talk about five years from now, whether they're on my list and what their slots are, but the fact that they are some of my favorite movies, period. Yeah. You know, so it's like, that's really what I tried to keep in mind while making this list. And just to put it out there, I feel like I've always wanted to mention this on these episodes and I never remember to, but like, I'm a list guy. I fucking keep lists for everything. I maintain it like to a very bad level of perfectionism. But, like, what drives me nuts listening to list shows is where everything has to be prefaced with, this is our favorite list. This is not the best movie of the year. You know what I mean? Like, Well, to say it's the best would mean that we are somehow robots using an algorithm and that we've all watched every movie. That's that's my point. That's my point. Like, I love certain podcasts and certain bloggers, whatever, but it literally is one of my pet peeves when they, like, when it has to continually be repeated that, like... These are my favorite movies. These are not my best. I'm not trying to be like a punk or yeah. like to shit on anybody, but like it goes without saying, the movies that we're going to be talking about today are our favorite films of the year. Yeah, yeah like that's favorite, that. And I only say because I just mentioned that I'm trying to think of like five years from now, am I going to be thinking of movies that are on this list the way I think of movies like Prisoners or you know like movies that are leg- Sicario, like movies that when I think of five years ago, still are movies that like I I would immediately come to mind for me yeah and there are some on this list that i know will yeah and they, you know but those 9 10 11 spots like you're mentioning mm. those movies may not so i'm like why am i killing myself about this but maybe they will like maybe i'll yeah, rewatch yeah. it in a year and be like fuck 
Well, it's like I did these not are give all it movies the I needed. love, probably, I guess sure. I would say, or that I think are great. Yeah. And some of them I think have issues, and some of them might be ones where I I almost think they're more interesting. That's why I love them. Yeah. And some movies I love because they're flawless yeah. or because they're close to that. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of different reasons why I would say movies I love. But yes, if that's what best means, then yes, these are my best, my opinion, the best movies of the year because I love them. Lately, there's been a lot of talk about um, Decade. Yeah. Best movies of the decade. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I would do that, except to maybe cross-reference all the lists I've made for this show. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want to get what you guys think about this. I don't actually have a dog in this fight. Do you think that 2020 oh. is the start of a new decade, oh. or do you think it's the last year Ooh. of the last decade? And if there is a compounding... Let, let, let me put it this way, because this is the best way to, to point out the confusion. If a movie comes out in 1980, mm-hmm. did it come out at the end of the 70s or at the beginning of the 80s? Beginning, beginning of the 80s. 80s. Okay. So we are saying that 80 is a new Yeah, I guess that's one. Yeah, yes. Okay. okay the next. I just want to say we all kind of agree on that. Okay. So do you think we would ever need to... How would we even do of the decade? Like, I don't. I, oh, I thought geez. about it, suggesting it That'd to you guys. Hard. But I feel like it would take too much research. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. Well, being the neurotic person I am, I, I could yes. just look at my number one yes. for every list right. that I made. Right, right, right. Do that way. But, well, I mean, I could. I, but that's an example, though. Like, maybe, that, maybe the, my number one of the year... Now that, you know, for 10 years has gone by, maybe my movie from 2010, maybe it's not my number one, you know, or maybe some other film on my top 10 list that I still loved has affected me in a different way that makes me, you know, want to put it on that list more. Well, you know what for us is kind of interesting is that next year, it'll be one decade of movie schmovie. Wow. Wow. So maybe that's when we can do our decade look back. So we've got a year to to get prepared for that. (laughs) Next spring, it'll be 10 years. Can you guys believe it? That's wow. craziness. That is craziness. Yeah, I'm still the new guy, but uh, you know, you guys have been doing this almost 10 years. I'll go first. All right. If you don't mind. Give us your 6 through 10. Or 10 through 6. 10 through 6. Number, yeah. Speak Ronald here, yes. John. Number 10. <laughs> Number 10. I'm going to write these down. Number 10. Really? I, I always write your guys' list down. Okay. Here, Number I, 10. I like to look at this kind of stuff. I'm weird like that. So, I, so I, if I... Honestly, Steve, I wanted to cross-reference that. Um, do you have... I want to see all the data you've got on our best of lists because I wanted to actually look at my own lists and I, I don't have them in any one place because oh, okay. I'm not organized like you. Oh, John. Dear, dear John. Okay, let me, let <laughs> let me, me know pull up my, Let me pull up my notes real I quick. I kind of want to say, can I copy okay. your homework that you best did? Best of 2018. What would you like to know, John? Um, my best movie was uh, Spider-Verse, right? Correct. Okay. What was your number 10 movie? Oh, what movie did I? The ten spot is the you give that to a movie that you want to make sure makes your list, but that you're kind of give, you're kind of conveying that this is mm-hmm. number ten. It barely made it. Um, I can't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Hereditary. Okay, I stand oh. by that. Ronald, oh. what was your favorite film last year? <laughs> I didn't get both of these wrong. Get out. No, that's a different year. No, what was it? Black Panther. Oh, oh, okay. Do you know what your number 10 was? No idea. Ready Player One. Oh, okay. Yeah. I stand by that. That, was a, well, yeah. that might be higher now. Yeah. I think that, it's way that was, higher. That was your... Oh, Sheesh. man, Steve. What the fact yours? that you have that information, it's it's kind of getting me excited. I, yeah. I, really, I really want a copy of that. Dude, you guys, you know you know your boy. I, I can't help but have this information. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll... All right. Well, I'll share it with you. Yes. I'll share my Evernote. Because, you, really cool. you know, here, I have this idea that it would be fun to take all of our, all of our number ones. Mm-hmm. And then, like, rate those the way we do right. it with, like, a numerical list. Mm-hmm. 
and actually come up with like the movie schmovie canon of like what are the top five best movies of movies. Maybe maybe we'll get that ready for next year since yeah. that's when we've reached a decade. Okay. Okay, but hit it. Number ten. Number ten. Booksmart. Booksmart. Number nine. Last black man in San Francisco. Number eight. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number seven. If you think that's a drum roll, that's me purring. Oh, okay. <laughs> number seven, uncut gems. And number six, knives out. Knives out. All right. That's Mr. Ronald James right there for you guys. All right. I guess I'll do my uh, 10 through 6. Beep, bop, boop. Here we go. I lost my glasses today. So this is oh, no. I saw your post. You mean you threw them out? Uh, no, you know what happened? Um, I, I, I was coming around here to the side, and I was getting rid of the Christmas tree, and the, the dogs were in the yard, and I didn't want to let them out, so I threw the Christmas tree over the fence. Oh. And when I did so, it hooked onto my earbuds and pulled my earbuds with the tree as it flew over the oh, fence. No. And then I looked at that, and I said, oh, I got to get my earbuds. So I came up back around, I got the earbuds, and then I carried the tree around to the trash and left it out back, and the trash ran, and they picked up trees today. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure my glasses were snagged on the Christmas tree that I threw away. Oh, oh. And it didn't occur to me until later in the day that that's what had happened because I didn't know that I'd had my glasses on my, you know, hitched in my collar like that. Yeah. And it, so it's like it was only later when I'd searched the whole house sure. and realized they weren't anywhere yeah, else that sure. I started going, Jesus. when could I have lost them? And I've never been wrong yet when I do that. Like, wait, when did I lose them? Oh, it was probably when I was bagging leaves. And I go out back and I find them. Yeah. Know? And so it's like, no, they're not back there. They were, that tree was wearing my glasses. And the guys, for the first time ever, like showed up with, you know, like quickly in a timely fashion. That's crazy. All right. So hopefully I can read this list. Number 10, little paint by numbers, but I love seeing the star have fun. My name is Dolomite. Oh, number nine, little women. Number eight, Dr. Sleep. Number seven, the last black man in San Francisco. Number six, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, shit. I didn't get any drum rolls or purrs or anything. I felt very anticlimactic. I'm going to we'll do that uh, again. You guys, you guys act a little more excited. We'll Number add them six, in. We'll add them in Once later. Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, you don't do the drum roll after I... And <laughs> 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 then a snake came in. <laughs> Good picture. Good picture. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so I'll go through my 10 through 6 right now. Uh, number 10 is How to Train Your Dragon 3. Number 9 is Dr. Sleep. Number 8 is Long Shot. Mm. Number... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot Long about Shot. that. That was a good movie. Yeah, stuck with me all year. Uh, Seems like it. What is that? Number 7, Uncut Gems. And number 6 is The Irishman. Ooh. So Whoa. we just narrowly escaped having to have a, a more detailed discussion of the Irishman. <laughs> but since you yeah. just left it there, there was so much information about that movie. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the Irishman as a movie once, once you know, once it just existed as a movie? And so it wasn't, fair, it's not on either your list any higher? No. It's not I, on my okay. list. I wanted the Irishman shut out. Shut out. Okay. Shut out. Sorry, sorry, Ronald. Wasn't a terrible movie, but I feel like the way that people were talking about it. People were acting like this movie walked on water, and I had an issue with that, but the acting was so good. You know uh, who was incredible in that movie? Al Pacino? Joe Pesci. Pesci, man. Pesci? Pesci? Pesci shows up and doesn't... doesn't, doesn't, doesn't he, got, 
He doesn't raise his voice once yeah. in this movie. Steal like, who right. the fuck predicted that? You're and right. I read somewhere where he said to Martin Scorsese, like, is this the scene where you want me to kind of go Joe Pesci? And Martin Scorsese was like, no, this you're guy not, wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's so true. There's a couple of moments he said something that's so cold and so final, and it's yeah. just... But um, my, here's my thing about The Irishman. I feel like in the last hour, hour and a half, it really reveals what the movie really is. And I wish it didn't take me literally two hours right. to get to that movie. Yeah. Because the movie about the guy who's caught between his job and his friend and his daughter, mm-hmm. I think that actually is something new. Right. But I spent a lot of watching the movie... I mean, admittedly, thinking about the digital de-aging because that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah. But I did spend a certain amount of time watching it just going, what is this movie? Why does this exist? Why did they come back and do this? You know, right. like it, it didn't feel as much like a new... Like, you've already done Goodfellas. You've already done Casino. You know what I mean? I, once I got the why of this mm. movie, I really liked it. But yeah. I, I felt like I had to sit through more than I wanted to sit through to get to the why of this movie. Maybe if I saw it I again, I would feel differently. I don't think it's like... People really were... The people that were down on this movie were really talking shit about it. <laughs> um, it is an odd choice, maybe, to do the de-aging and have that be such a central thing. But I think if you were watching the movie without all that preamble, all we would have said was, eh, there were some weird moments. But some you know people what I mean? couldn't tell, though. Have you talked to people I that mean, couldn't tell? I, I, I personally, I, you know, not to get too much into The Irishman, yeah. since we were just naming it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there, there's a few scenes where I feel like it's very problematic and it looks not that great. But for the most part, I did not personally find it bad at all i thought some parts looked actually quite stunning my you know why my, it's because in those scenes steve they were trying to make robert de niro who's like 70 look like 50 it wasn't like trying to make him look 20 sure there was yeah. a lot of scenes where he just looks like a younger old guy right. and i think that stuff looked fine and like the pesci pacino stuff but i was going to say the, the the only thing that really kind of grabbed my eye that looked off i thought you were about to just mention it but it wasn't what you were going with it was just the fact that you have a 70-year-old man. Well, the physicality. Physicality of like, he's in his 50s, 40s, whatever, kicking beating someone, beating someone beating up. Beating a 20-year-old up. Sure. Right. <laughs> like, that, I feel like they probably should have done differently. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it didn't factor into my enjoyment of the film. I, I thought it was great. When he threw the gun, it was it was kind of an old guy throw. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, things. it's an old guy. Like, he's old. Like, it, they probably should have approached that differently. Maybe the facial stuff was a different... You know, they, they've done that with other movies before where they have, like, the body of something mm-hmm. else, you know, and they've done this physical transformation on the face. But I guess whatever type of technology they used wasn't, like, a full remapping of a face. It yeah. was, like, you know, on top of a of the person that you're doing the CGI for. But yeah, <clears throat> but um, I'm curious, did you guys watch it in one sitting? I watched it in one sitting. Um, More or less. Okay. I, I did at a couple points... I was like, no, I can't watch this and do other things. Okay. And I was like sweeping. But within like, I would say a three and a half hour movie, I watched it in a, like a four and a half hour window cool, or something. Cool, cool, cool. Um, the one thing I would say too about the kind of cult, like not the, the, the sort of uh, magic of the movies is that we accept when we see Robert De Niro playing an old man, if they throw, a, throw in a flashback of that character and he's just made up to look younger, we accept that. Um, and a lot of times people are just playing younger characters and we don't really think about the movie language of that. Like I noticed that especially in My Name is Dolomite where Eddie Murphy is older than than Rudy Ray Moore was when he made these movies. And he, you can see it in some moments. He yeah. looks like he's pushing 60 rather than pushing 40 or something. Yeah. Um, 
but you just accept that. Like, we want right. Eddie Murphy to star in this movie as this character, so right. we're going to accept a certain amount of hair and makeup are going to convey that. Uh, uh, Laura Dern says at one point in Little Women that she's almost 40, and I'm like, well, I'll, okay, Laura. If I be, you know, if you say it, I'll believe it. But she doesn't look almost forty. But you want Laura Dern to play this character in this movie? Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I feel like there's a certain amount of we've always accepted it, and mm-hmm. maybe we've accepted actors who remain current and relevant into their older age. We've accepted them playing younger than appropriate. So it almost seems like it's an odd thing that Martin Scorsese even fucked around with it at all. Yeah. Because from what I hear, it didn't like it made it a bit more complicated of a shooting process bet, that he never yeah. quite had faith in. More so than the makeup or the de aging, though the 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 contact lenses were the most off putting thing. Those like bright blue yeah. eyes. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Cool. So I guess I have to say my number five. Do you number five? All right. My number five is. Uh, the worst Tinder date, the worst best Tinder date of all time. Uh, that's Queen and Slim. Um, Queen and Slim, uh, written by Alina Waithe, directed by I always mess this lady's name up. Is it Melina Mazzucas? Yes, beautiful movie, uncompromising in its dialogue and its perspective, but doesn't feel like it's discriminating against everybody. It just sticks to what it is, mm-hmm. and it invites. Rather than trying to make this movie work for everybody, it invites you into its world. So, like, if you're not too familiar with the, the way that people talk to each other in this movie, because it's very distinctly <laughs> interesting, mm-hmm. um, it still is a beautifully told love story about a couple who is very unlikely in in their union and their development and how they get to know each other. And some of the best performances I've ever seen. And a surprise one from Bokeem Woodbine, who steals the fucking movie. Like He's kind of like the best he, thing in the movie. He is. He really is. He's amazing. When he pops up... When does up, he not steal something, though? Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah. That's true. When he pops up in this, he shifts the movie so much. Because it's grounded in this like sadness. When he shows up, he makes it so light. And... uh He's such a fragile dude in in this kingdom that he's created. You know, and, and this I, I think that everybody can relate to the idea that like you may feel like nobody treats you well mm-hmm. outside of the world. When you come in the house, you know, the person you love right. treats you like a king. You know, whatever version that is. Mm-hmm. It it's just done in a way that I just I hadn't experienced before. Um, it's 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 a heart wrenching movie. Uh, really good performances by the two stars, Jody Turner Smith and um, Daniel Kaluuya. Just really good movie. So Queen he's, he's always good too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know the the actress her work, but I think it's isn't it is it her first this is like, her first year? yeah or like she's maybe one of if not the yeah first. she's done like shorts and stuff like that but and appeared in music videos but she's never done any a full-length feature queen and slim all right my number five real quick did we mention our plan to like not about our, our ideas like if if, if if we mentioned a movie yes basically if Let's, somebody has it higher just to clarify as we're getting into the conversation if somebody says a pick for their top one of their top five films and any of us have it higher on our list, we'll basically just call that out and say let's It's almost like you buzz that person. Yeah, like we're gonna hold the conversation say, not yet and and talk more about that in a moment. Right. For example, if this plays out, like neither of us have Queen and Slim, 
right. in our top five. Okay. Whereas in so the you're past, good. in the yeah. past, one of us might have been holding that like a, a card right. close to our, our exactly. vest. Right. No, no, right. No. right. Got it. Uh, my number five movie, a movie that we've already talked about a bunch, uh, but I, man, what an achievement! Endgame. Let's hold that conversation. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not to. Not to. No, I, I like this. I this had is, a feeling it was coming, so yeah. I was like, I got to get that out so our listeners know. We're not going to talk about the same thing three different times. Yeah, I will hold my in-game thoughts to whenever someone else reveals <laughs> okay. that it's higher on their list. But what's cool about that is that that could have three levels to it. Yeah. Because you could name it as yeah. your number four, and Ronald could have it as his number yeah. two or something. Yeah. So this is exciting. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So my number five is... Let me just make sure I have the right one. <laughs> I didn't have to say it earlier because I think it was in your 10 to 6, but it's not, my number five is Knives Out. Um, you had that in 10 to 6, right? Yes. You might okay. want to hold that conversation. All right, cool. Perfect. I like this. I like this. I like this. You're number four, Ronald. My number four is Avengers Endgame. Okay. Let's hold that conversation. Oh. Ronald. <laughs> yeah! I love this. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> this, is, this is helping your uh, your deadline. Yes. I have a feeling this, this is... <laughs> conversation can happen now. Uh, I really love The Lighthouse. You can go ahead and have What a man, weird... <laughs> I did not... So... What a weird movie, man. Like, honestly, did the first... No. The first half of it, I, I thought watch it I was thinking like I was thinking like this is one of my favorite movies of the year, and then the second half it it, it was so weird it kept it it it's like it kept that it, it you know how when you start watching a movie and you start thinking maybe this is my favorite movie of the or maybe this is I can't find anything wrong with this movie. There's mm. so many things about the lighthouse that I don't think I'll see another movie try to do. Yeah. That I was just really impressed with it. I you know even the framing of it. Do you know Ronald that it's a square yeah. picture. Yeah. They, they kind of invented or, or developed lighting techniques. It's a nightmarish looking movie. The way that it's this world kind of closing in, it's basically Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, and they're the only characters you really get on this, this outpost, this lighthouse, and they're supposed to be there for four weeks. And it's this like backbreaking labor, uh, crazy circumstances, but all the scenes are like they're either sitting at their table in the dark eating their their food which you know you guess maybe they're eating some seafood but it's probably not seasoned very well so it's probably kind of dispiriting and yeah. and uh Willem Dafoe's knocking back the the booze the the it's Robert Eggers who I mean I'm I'm one of those people that went down as loving the witch I know a lot of people felt like that was a whatever a, a bait and switch horror film based on the trailer and mm. a lot of a lot of times when people talk about elevated horror if they're being kind of uh, derisive about it they'll point to that movie as not a very scary movie or not a real horror movie I found The Witch to be both of those things really scary and a pretty good horror movie but I understand it's not mainstream horror so Robert Eggers you know is going to do something a little bit off the beaten path yeah right um, this is so specific and so bizarre and by the time it gets to the end you just feel like you've been through something you know uh, Annihilation that right. movie had that kind of weird climax that's just like, it's like it's so totally strange, but it's also totally appropriate for this type of movie. Mm -hmm. This movie is so psychological. Willem Dafoe is fucking incredible in it. And Robert Pattinson, I mean, any, anything I see him in now, I'm just like, yeah, dude can be Batman. I, yeah. I think he's going to kick ass as Batman. He's, he's a really good actor. Um, 
but it's the look and the feel and the the very closed quarters, claustrophobic yeah. style of storytelling that really just makes this thing work. By the time you get to the end of it, you are ready for it to be over because it's such a bizarre, punishing experience. But right up to the last minute, it's throwing in imagery that is just like, okay, nowhere else are you going to get this. Nowhere yes. else are you going to feel this way. Yeah. No other movie's trying to do this. Um, and when I said that earlier about movies that I will look back on this year and I will want to remember, this is a movie that I will think, okay, I don't know that he's going to make another one like this. I don't know that anyone ever has quite made one like this. It's a little shaggy doggish. It's a little, you know, of a bizarre plot line, but it's so unique and so well done. And I mean, I now I'm super uh, curious about whatever his next project is going to be, because I bet it's going to be different, you know? This could have been my number one or not on my list at all. You're right, yeah. And it <laughs> fell off my list because yeah. of that, because it's such an odd... I've never seen anything like this before. Like, okay, so if 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 there were to be a mistake in the marketing of which, this was the complete opposite. Like, it felt like all the steps were taken for enough of the story to be told in the through the trailer, through the marketing, for me to fall for it. And then once I got it, I was like, oh, this is what I expected and way more. Mm-hmm. The images that you're referring to at the end, fuck, like... That last shot is fucking... Two two, two yeah. shots in the last, like, 20 minutes. That, that like, painting-like picture... Yeah. ...haunted me for, like, days. I was like, I cannot get this picture out of my head. And the way the sound effects and the score kind of blend together. Yeah, there's all these ominous sounds and... There's one thing I want to point out from that movie that I can't get out of my head. And that is Robert Pattinson... Killing that bird. Whew, I, knew, I knew that was going to happen because, again, the trailer tells you that there's, God, there's some kind of curse or, that will fall on you yeah. if you kill a seabird. Uh, but yeah. The way that Robert Pattinson <sighs> when he does it. kills this bird, it is so brutal. He's like basically taking this bird and like beating it into something. Like kind of, it's, like, it's like hanging from his hand in a funny kind of dangling yeah. shape, you know, when yeah. he finishes with it. Yeah. yeah and that moment of madness, you totally feel why he did it, yeah. but you also feel, I feel, I felt shame at that moment because yeah. I was like, I've been, I've like blown up at somebody or like slammed a door or something where it's like, I, I let my anger get the best of me and, and I don't you know, I hopefully didn't bring a curse on myself when I did it, (laughs) but like, and again, we don't know for sure. That's the thing. We don't know for sure. I heard an interview with Robert Eggers where he said that he could answer that question and he's sure that people don't, people get sick of the filmmakers who can avoid that question of what was it all about. But he said he's, he always will avoid the question because of course he knows. He said, of course I know everyone making the movie knew what was going on and what's really happening. But he said the movie is for the audience. The movie is supposed to be the thing that he doesn't want to sit there and, uh, you know, answer questions and like, you know, demystify it. But, um, it's really cool. But yeah, it's, and it feels like a myth and a ghost story yeah, and a nightmare yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. What a movie. What a fuck. I bought it. Like, oh. I, I bought the movie. I bought it <laughs> digitally. Like, that's how I want to see it again. And what is Willem Dafoe? Is he just, I mean, I know he's, he's a great actor, but that character, I just bought him from the first scene and he's basically yeah. doing like a pirate voice, you yeah. know, but it's like you don't question it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good movie. How many bottles of rum did they have, though? It seemed like they were tossing 50. them over. Yeah. <laughs> they had so many, it was starting to get, like, comically... Yeah, it was weird. It There's was that weird. one funny shot where they're both just chugging them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, trying to catch some buzz or something after that gets really crazy. But Yeah, yeah. it was weird. All right, so it's, is it is, my is, turn? I think it's me. That was you? your four, right? That was my four, yeah. Okay, okay. so my four is 1917. Um, you saw it? I did. 
I saw a while ago. That was yeah. the one that I was trying to fit in in the last couple of days that I thought that might movie. affect my list. Oh, boy. Yeah, you should see it. So tell, um, tell us why we should be sad. I, you know, it's, it. it's it's kind of getting it's kind of getting the the press about you know the the technological achievement that it is, and it is mm-hmm. nothing short of that. Like what Roger Deakins, who is one of if not the most beloved cinematographers working today, um, does with this film is just it's just amazing. Um, th- th- just the idea of like. That the movie feels like one take, you know they the one or whatever you want to you know call I love it, a one take, a single shot. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite phenomenal, and um, but it's not just a gimmick, right? I mean, the story feels like the kind of story where following these people minute mm-hmm. by minute, it would gain yeah, like ba- basically some sort of version of real time. Yeah, oh, you wow. know the movie's barely two hours, just over two hours, but you know you're following these two characters over the course of basically, I think it's like supposed to be like twelve hours, fourteen yeah. hours, but. Very simple story. There's nothing like in terms of spectacle. There's nothing in terms of spectacle and what you see in a lot of war movies where there's just like battle after battle after battle. Right. It's more of a direct path from A to B. You have two characters that are tasked with something. It keeps the story small. It keeps the story intimate. Mm. You don't really need to know all there is to know about the world war about the first world war, which right. is not on screen a lot. So it's kind of cool to see what this war looked like. Um, but keeping it small and keeping it contained to, you know, you have to get to the line to let them know not to attack because they're basically walking into a trap. Mm. And if you don't, X amount of people will die. One of the lead characters, your brother, one of them. Yeah. Which is why we've chosen you. We need you to get there. We need somebody that'll actually, is that the premise? Like, yes. we need somebody that'll actually care enough to do it? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, that that's the hook wow. is that your brother is one of the leaders of this yeah. line, the first line. And because otherwise, it's almost cruel to tell the guy that his brother might die. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But sure. it's like you're trying to light a fire under his ass, in and, a way. and, that's, and that's it just puts the urgency oh. in it. You know what I mean? So basically, that's the film, and you're following from A to B to see what happens, to see if they deliver the message, to see how they deliver the message, what they go through, and just the idea of <laughs> that that amount of pressure um, <clears throat> in a world war uh, to be a young man, you know, in the war maybe voluntarily one of them maybe not you know because a matter of duty mm-hmm. and just you know what they kind of how, how they are different as men and um what they see their their role as a soldier to be but it's just a really it's just a really amazing film uh amazing to experience in a theater um i'm not usually like banging the drum of like you have to see movies in theaters like a great movie is a great movie is a great movie mm. but because of this technological feat um i was able to see it in the amc dolby screen which is i mean one of the best th- theatrical experiences that i've had this year mm-hmm. um just in terms of seeing the the technology and really how i guess a filmmaker intends a movie to be felt and seen yeah um but yeah it's just amazing it really is genuinely amazing. And I mean, I can see when I, I saw it like a, a, over a month ago mm-hmm. and I was like kind of surprised I didn't hear much people talking about it on like year end list. And I guess it kind of screened later and everything. But once the award circles and the critic circles start coming out, like it's starting to win a lot of awards and getting tons of nominations. You know, people talked about it more from the technological standpoint that it almost felt like. This is a movie that you would go to the science center and watch on a on an yeah. IMAX screen and, or something, you know. So it's like when it came sure. out, and I heard I heard comments, and I was like, "Oh, it's an actual movie on top of being a technical achievement." It, it really is, and I mean that's why I kind of started this yeah. commentary off by like, it's not just a technical feat; it is that. Oh, sure. Do not be confused. You can tell from the trailer it that is. it's an amazing. It's visual amazing, and thing. if you yeah. watch any of the behind the scenes stuff, which I've 
I've dove into after seeing the film, like how they made this movie and basically just like built this real world set of like the trenches that are like truly tracked, like that they made like keys to be able to tell how much time would pass like walking 50 feet. So oh, they wow. would know how much time in the movie would pass and like, cause they weren't cutting. So they were going from set to set, you know, with, you know, there are obviously cuts in the film, but they're so seamless and edited so well that it does genuinely feel like one take. And um, just and also, I mean, the, the lead performances are great, especially George McKay, who plays one of the leads, is just, I think, great in the movie. Um, and, you know, you see some names pop up that you recognize their faces, like some big name actors along their journey. Um, but the idea that the, that the two leads are, for most people, probably unknowns. Yeah. Is, a, is a plus oh, totally. for the movie because it kind of makes the 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 uh, anon, um, what's the word anonymity anonymity of these soldiers. Well, I was and, just thinking and, like and Dunkirk did a exactly. Similar thing. That's yeah. exactly why that was so great in some ways because you it's kind of that same formula where like you see Kenneth Branagh, you see Tom Hardy, you know, you see these people, uh, Killian Murphy in Dunkirk, you see you know Benedict Cumberbatch, you see Andrew Scott, you see these people, you know their faces, but they're just they're 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 characters along this journey and it's kind of like a nice little checkpoint for you on this journey but yeah guys you got to see this movie um try to see it on dolby or on an imax screen some of the action sequences while they're not like these grandiose like you know saving private ryan opening scene battle scenes mm. there are a few that are just i mean just crazy like mm. awesome yeah so 1917 why is it called 1917 <laughs> That's a good question. I don't. I don't think they've addressed it. It's kind of thing. I'm not going to tell you. I think that's all. Okay, it's a twist. All right. I think that's all the bullets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I don't. Um, I I don't know. Like, it it really is one of the front runners this year, and uh, I I don't know that it's going to end up winning Oscars. Possibly, it could be like that kind of movie because it is a. It's kind of like one of those Oscar movies. It's like a war film. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love war movies. Um. Mainly because of like the storytelling and and to see some of the filmmaking that they can employ these days, especially mm-hmm. like Nolan did in in Dunkirk and and Mendes does with 1917. But um, yeah, number four, 1917. Number four. All right. So what's this for me? Number three. This is your number three. Numero three. Once upon a time in Hollywood. All right. Uh, QT. Yeah. Uh, at his at his at or near the. The peak of his powers, I would say. You know, yeah. like, th- this one really hit home with me. I loved it. This one felt like all of all of the tools that he kind of picked up over the years, uh, put into one movie and beautifully shot. It feels like a slice of life sort of film. Which yeah, was it you, Steve, that said it was a hangout yeah, movie? Yeah, because yeah. it is. <laughs> it really it is. is. Yeah. It really feels like yeah, a hangout movie. Um, you know, getting getting radio stations from the time, playing uh, highway shots that are way way too way too long on the screen, but feel very real. Like you feel like the journey from point A to point B. Um, it it felt like a fairy tale. Yeah. In, in like the first, I mean, besides maybe Django, the first Quentin Tarantino movie that I I genuinely almost cried. Because you see this woman in this space who is really trying to just break out into the world and, yeah. and be an incredible person just within the space and 
watching her see her own films and you know people said that she wasn't really a character people that criticized the movie uh, wanted to ding it that way but i feel like treating her like she's some kind of angel was like it was one of the many things tarantino did in this movie that was like, sweet yeah it was and like I, you don't thing. expect sweetness from him in right. general but like that's a very sweet yeah. thing to do to like give her this kind of beautiful scene where she's yeah. at the theater seeing herself and you don't feel like it's a narcissistic moment. No, it's like it's a, she's taking part in the joy yeah. of being a performer, of being an actor. Um, yeah, no, I think that uh, that aspect of it, the Sharon Tate of it all. Yeah, I was I was clenching my teeth, dreading the scene where it all went to hell. Yeah, and I think he did a beautiful job of sidestepping this notion of like yeah. that you're gonna we're gonna relive this horror, and it becomes about something else. It like associates her with something other than the horror of the way she died, and I think that's yeah. very touching yeah i think i think it's it's something really cool and and you know that the dread that you have throughout the movie like that there's like four or five scenes that feel like something's gonna happen you're just like oh no uh, yeah uh, uh, it happens a couple times and you knew tarantino was gonna go there and was gonna draw it out you know i thought that i mean i thought the the last act of this movie was gonna be like a horror show <laughs> yeah and it was in a different way <laughs> a different but way. in a much more enjoyable way yeah <laughs> i i think the choice to do that it's just I think, I mean, he's done it twice at this point, yeah, right? Now, kind of, now we know. Yeah, this thing that he, this is something he likes to do. That if yeah. he's like, if he's going back to the history, yeah, it's because he wants to fix something. You yeah. know, uh, that is such a cool thing to do. And I, I, I think when it's all said and done, and it's like, like a decade from now, and we look at his body of work, this is definitely going to be one of the most personal feeling films that's just man the manson family felt so like I, everybody in it was so good well we've known I, all along that he loves those those acting heroes of like this the 70s yeah. you know yeah. and for to make a movie about those types of people and also like the fact that leonardo dicaprio acting his and brad pitt have like aged to the point that like paul newman Robert Redford point yeah. of like they are old Hollywood in a way they're yeah. like glamour they're they're glitz and you know I mean and the fact that they're both so great in this and I'm still mad that Brad Pitt did that shirtless scene just to make me look like a sack of shit but <laughs> you know I'll forgive him yeah Leonardo DiCaprio is doing something different in this one and, and Brad Pitt the same like his scenes with the little girl so are fantastic good. and again something I wouldn't have expected from Tarantino yeah just that kid flipping his world upside down and kind of reigniting. Yeah, reigniting his fire and then validating him when she says that's some of the best acting I've seen. Oh my God, I, I loved that. And I also thought the way that they showed the shooting of the Western, it was really cool the way it went in and out of kind of being in the in world. The, yeah. And then like you realize there's someone there, there's someone, you know, there's someone yelling cut or whatever. Yeah. But the way that you got to just sort of be in the moment with those actors playing actors, playing actors. Yeah. I, I love that stuff, man. When it's, it's done well, that kind of like twisty stuff. And we talked about it already, but the Bruce Lee stuff, um, I know people were very up in arms about that. Yeah, but yeah. ultimately, I think in this alternate fable world, I don't think Bruce Lee comes off that badly in this no, movie. No, I didn't think so. And I thought that like he got thrown into a car. It wasn't like he got his entire ass whipped. It just felt like a, a, an exchange between two people. That, right. And you could you believe know. he was about to unleash, yeah. too, before yeah, he absolutely. stopped. You know. Yeah. So anyway. It's a cool movie. That's my number three. three? Number three. 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 Yes. Okay. All right. Well, my number three, you guys have both already named it, so I know I can't be told to wait, but I don't know how much we want to talk about this movie, but the lead performance is just phenomenal. Adam Sandler kicking ass in Uncut Gems. Yeah. 
What kind of movie was this, guys? I mean, what? I don't what know. is people? People who don't like it talk about how much yelling it had in it, and how noisy and how. Yeah, but I feel like that ratcheting up of tension is what the movie is. So yes, if you don't want that, you'll think it's shrill and and punishing. But if right. you are there for that, and if you if you enjoy that kind of act of sympathizing with someone, even as you see them making their life worse. Um, it didn't even occur to me until I was close to the end that I was like, oh yeah, this guy is a gambling addict. <laughs> yeah. yeah like he, every, every time I was like, why is yeah. he not taking this win or this way out or this, yeah. this window of opportunity? But every time he turned a win or something that could have been a win into let's go for more, let's go for more. And that scene where he's telling Kevin Garnett, uh, yes, man. this is me. This is how I win. Yeah. You know that when you are beating somebody, you know, on the uh, basketball court and you're, so you've, good. you've won the game already. You don't stop beating them. Yeah. Oh man, that was a great monologue. And Adam Sandler, I mean, fucking a, well, I mean, I, you know, I don't even, I can't even seen half of the quote unquote Adam Sandler movies that are out there. So I'm not someone, I mean, I, I don't disdain them. I'm just saying I'm not coming from that school of being like an Adam Sandler devotee. Yeah. But when he when he gets with directors who are willing to challenge him and give him something to do, yes, he rises to the occasion. He's out of this world, unbelievably. Man. And I think that like I loved him in Punch Drunk Love. I loved him in this the the podcast that Steve recommended, the A twenty four episode. That's Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safdie brothers who directed Uncut Gems talking about this movie. It was very edifying to me about the process of how they made it, how thoughtful those guys are. Yeah. I don't know why I got the idea that they were like the sort of characters that they depict. But they don't give off that vibe at all. They're no. very, very, very like wonky and kind of nerdy about film and film history. And so the notion that they made this movie that feels just so alive and it's just coursing with bad decisions and bad luck and I mean, damn. Yeah. If if you don't if you didn't feel almost relieved at even as bad as this movie might turn in some points, if you didn't feel relief at the end, then you weren't on the same ride that I was on. Because I was I was glad to finally be able to step back and go, okay, I'm not going to watch this poor guy make any more bad yeah. decisions for himself. But yeah, for that two hours, I was just going, come on, please, just take that money and pay that guy back and go home. You know, yeah. you've got to, even if your wife doesn't like you, your mistress is pretty hot. <laughs> Out of this world. Um, and I like the way she was a real character and not just a piece yeah. of meat too. Um, but everybody in it feels like, somebody that you don't see in a movie almost um and i didn't know the outcome of the playoffs so i didn't know what we were supposed to know but i love that even though he's he's kind of headed off at the pass at a couple different points by other people but his instincts are not bad like this guy kind of knows yeah knows how to ride the high and and make that next like he he actually could have succeeded if people had let him in this movie and i find that to be Really interesting, but just Adam Sandler's that kind of actor. You have associations with him. You think of him as a real guy, not just a character. And so seeing him in peril or seeing him in this danger, it it does add. It does add to the effect of the movie. And someone asked him um, uh, why he doesn't do more dramatic roles, and he said, I do it every time they ask me to. Yeah. <laughs> like I've I mean, been, I've been in every one they've offered me. You know. So good. Yeah. Kevin Garnett wasn't bad at all. No, he was not. He was very credible. When he, yeah, that's. It's probably one of the biggest snubs of the Oscars. We didn't talk Oscars, but yeah, I, I was hoping we would get to the no, whole snubs no, no, thing. No, uh, no, no love for Uncut Gems is like just a real disappointment, and and him specifically. But I mean, um, yeah, I think he's amazing in that. I, uh, one of the best surprises of the year for me. And not that I wasn't expecting to like that movie, but 
watching it, I was like, wow, this is fucking good. Yeah. It's another movie, similar to what you said about The Lighthouse. It's like, it is the trailer. If you saw the trailer mm-hmm. for The Lighthouse and thought it looked good, the movie's there for you. Yeah. If you saw the trailer for Uncut Gems and thought it looked good, the movie is that. It is yeah. that yeah. feeling of like, there's too many people talking at once, <laughs> you know? And, and like... So many moving parts. You see oh man, that bit the with the gym and he's trying to get it back from, from Kevin Garnett. That was That whole thread was so okay. like... To me, that's like a nightmare thing where it's like you've yeah. let something get out of control right. and you shouldn't have done it, but you agreed to something you shouldn't have, and now you're over the barrel. Oh, ugh. yeah. Why was I'm getting tense just he's thinking so about mesmerized it. by that? I love that he was so mesmerized by it, but I was like, why is he so mesmerized by it? But then, I mean, we all have those things that Don't we see. Kevin or, uh, Ke- or Howie? Kevin, okay. more than anything, when he was just kind of like, oh my god. Uh, I like the way they played that as like you know we know athletes are kind of superstitious. Yes. Yeah, I think that was yeah. pretty pretty. Funny. He just felt like it yeah. was a thing maybe he had to have Nero. And, mm-hmm. and it's the idea that like it's like something that no one has. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's that, it's that yeah. unique or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. So what what did the Safties do before Good Time? Um. Daddy Long Legs. See, I don't know that one. Yeah, that and um, oh, what's the one that Caleb uh, Joseph Landry's boys. in? Um, I'm having trouble remembering the other one. The the the, the middle one is what they really kind of got not known for, but uh, in between Daddy Long Legs, um, heaven heaven knows what. Yeah, heaven knows what. Okay. So it was Daddy Long Legs, Heaven Knows What, Good Time, this. But I think Heaven Knows What is the one that I think won something. It won a prize at one of the big festivals that kind of like, that's where I first started hearing their name. Mm-hmm. And um, But I haven't seen that movie, though, to be honest with you. I just know that's like kind of what their first real mainstream thing, not mainstream, festival hit was. I think yeah. they won like a writing award for it or something. I've actually seen this documentary, Lenny Cook. Oh, they did that too. Yep. Yeah, yep. man. That's this apparently great. It's really good. Really yeah. sad too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uncut gems. And let's <laughs> just say once again, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Can't seem to be bad <laughs> he in can something. Do no wrong. Yeah. He was very naturalistic in this too. Like, yeah. <laughs> and another guy who just made you nervous because he's like talking past you. You know, like he's a friend, but he's also not quite yeah. a friend. And I don't know. Yeah. It's full of little little bits and bobs. And you feel like you could have followed any one of those characters and it would have been a pretty interesting movie. Yeah. So my number three? Yeah, it was three, right? Yes. My number three, um, is, I wouldn't say it's what, probably one of the bigger surprises, but I'm surprised that I ranked it so high. Only because I saw it later in the game. I missed it when it was in its original run. Um, and I have a feeling that it may pop up on somebody else's list here. I don't know. But um, my number three is Jojo Rabbit. That would have been my number 11. Okay, cool. Yes. So then, so that I can mention. Yes. Um, I just, I'm under the Taika spell. Yeah. Like, like the, his ability to kind of thread that needle between a very, very hard conversation to have uh, about a period of time um, and and just a horrible horrible event and and with the the his brand of heart and humor mm. is just um it's a wonder and mm-hmm. and watching this movie um i was just so entranced by <clears throat> the child performances um talked about julia butters from once upon a time in hollywood amazing and i think all three child actors i mean mainly the 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 um thomas and mckenzie and um roman 
David Griffith? I yeah. That something like that. But even the little boy who plays his like best friend, like mm-hmm. all oh, the kid performances. That, that little kid was so me? funny. He's hilarious. He was hilarious, but he did, his inflections, I don't know if that kid just really vibed with Taika. I'd say, yeah. But his it's, line readings are so Taika. It's so tight. It's so tossed off and so it's, like... It's like, and it's got this like whimsic, whimsy to it. It or reminded like this, me of like, two, Stephen Merchant, who's in the movie yeah. as well. It's like, he's got that same quality yeah. of like the very British sort of phrasing and just tossing it off but like having so many like little jokes internally and the way they always hug when they yeah. see each other and I fucking loved it and he was wearing a suit that he's like is that, is that paper and he said it's paper like is what they said <laughs> I still haven't seen it I you're, need to you're gonna it. love it okay. um, it was really sweet and, and yet I think what Steve is saying that's so true about it and honestly it's like it's a nut, that 11 and 12 yeah, spot we were yeah. talking about this is one that at one time it yeah. was anywhere from number 5 to number 2 to number 8 Yeah, but like it's the way that it handles that. And I think I can see why people would think this movie doesn't dig in deep enough into the horrors mm. or does too good of a job of like making you sympathize with the Germans because there are good Nazis in this or there are Nazis with hearts of gold oh. or there are people who are Nazis, but they, they have more character than that. But I think that like rather than commenting because he's jewish or, or of jewish descent yeah. right so i mean he's got feelings about this he's not just stepping in from the outside but i i i feel like what this movie does is it really points to that whether you want to say it's a nazi or you want to say it's a it's a male growing up in a toxic patriarchal society for sure when you're in a world where everybody around you is like encouraging you to follow your worst impulses and to be the worst version of yourself it's very hard not to do that yeah and this little kid is like she even says to him it's in the trailer but in the movie it really hit hard when she says you're not a nazi you're just a 10 year old kid who wants to be part of something yep (laughs) and it's like so true but it is very much like how people become evil the mundane aspect of evil is i feel like what this movie really plays with and it doesn't dip too far into the horrors of the holocaust but i feel like it would have been hard for it to maintain the tone if it had done but i also think that we all know that and this movie doesn't have to do that work, similar to the way that Taika Waititi's version of Hitler that he plays is not the Hitler that we know. And there's even some anachronistic slang and stuff they throw in to make sure that we get this is a satire. This is like a a different world. But that idea of you're in Germany and you want to be a patriotic German at the time of World War II, well, there's your movie. I mean, there's your idea of like, who are you then? If you break against that, you're breaking against your country and your society and you're a kid and you don't know. Well, maybe your mom knows a little bit more and she's telling you, here's how it is. I feel like that level of sophistication, to me, that was actually kind of subtle and again, very touching, Mm. um, very personal. But I don't think it's a movie that tries to take on everything that was going on with Nazism. It's definitely and, not. And, and it's not, like, that's not the movie. And to ding it to for be. not doing yeah. that feels a little bit unfair to me, but I understand that this is one of those bits of subject matter like slavery or like the Me Too movement or anything where you can say, oh, people can people have the right to stand at the side and say, you shouldn't have handled it this way. They can right, do that. Right, right. But at the same time, I don't think this movie is trying to do anything like it's not trying to validate Nazis. It's just trying to say that you could be someone who could go either way, good or bad, and you're in this world where this is what you're being encouraged to become, you know? Um, yeah, it's quite the opposite in my take is that, like, they are actually saying how ridiculous and horrible Nazis are. Yeah, throughout the movie. Like, like it's, it's predicated it, on it's, that almost being a joke that yeah, we all know they suck. It's yeah. a joke to us, but it's like... But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just... This one took me by surprise, not because I didn't expect to like it. Um, I just... It just emotionally hit me. There's a couple of really, really strong... Uh, you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to really go too much into it, but a really amazingly shot, hard-hitting, heartbreaking scene. 
that really, really wrecked me. But yeah, I just love the performances. Um, Sam Rockwell was great, too. Sam Rockwell's great. Scarlett's great. Um, Stephen Merchant's really funny in the mm-hmm. short bit that he has. How they come in um, and there's like five guys, and every yeah. time someone comes in, they all have to Heil Hitler everybody, but everyone says Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. But it's like, <laughs> like, like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like exponentially increasing as more people come in. And then the didn't someone come in and say, What are you guys doing? And he says, You know, we're just coming in, we're just Heil Hitlering for a little <laughs> <Yes>. while. And, <laughs> and like, that's the thing, too. Like, I, I'm, I'm 100% subscribed to Tyga's humor. And yeah. Like, so good, man. I was dying laughing yeah, so no. many times during the movie. Um, and I know we're all big fans of his, but like, I don't know for whatever reason, like it just didn't, I didn't find it until later. I knew I wanted to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and the, I don't know if you're like the, the final title card that it throws up at the end of the movie, just, I'm not gonna, it like made me cry. Yeah. Like I took a picture of it with my cell phone, like, like very discreetly. So I would not forget it. Cause yeah. like, you mean like the quote? Yes. The quote. And yeah. it's just like really was a very nice punctuation at the end of this film like it was just I, I love Jojo Rabbit and yeah I mean and above that I think we all know like Taika Waititi like at this, at this point I think he's yeah. got a heart of gold yeah, I really yeah. do he's, he's I think man. he's like a super and he's funny and he's smart and he is inclusive and he's I do think that like when he's made 10 movies people might look back at this movie a little bit more favorably I feel like yeah. it kind of sort of came and went in a weird way yeah. um and I think a lot of people are the very thing we're talking about, which is how he deals with these heavy things with this kind of light comedy. I think a lot of people just have a problem with that as an idea. Sure, I think so too. And I can see why. But it's I was like, if you're willing to accept that, and if you can find the laughs, yeah, this is a really a really sweet, kind of powerful movie. I mean, to call it an anti-hate satire, that is what it is. It is about, and the moment it ends on is a total beat of just joy, just sweet Amazing. joy. Yeah. Cool. My number two is Joker. That would be where we need your crickets. Crickets. <laughs> where are you? Where are you, little little cricky Joe? No, no, you're just waiting to see if we had it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Right, right. Okay, cool. So, uh, Todd Phillips, mm-hmm. Joker, DC property, which uh, DC's choice to have these one-off stories is to me. Uh, a really good move and you know the last couple dc offerings have been great this one the best of them uh this case study of a character who is deteriorating before our very eyes Mm -hmm. with with the one of the best twists i've seen in a while it's just a really well done movie i i think I've, i've never really seen Joaquin Phoenix did a similar thing with his body and the master. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of like manipulation and him becoming smaller and bigger and or like looking like he's got like a curved spine yeah, or something. Yeah. Spine yeah. And, uh pushing people to the limit is, is something that Joaquin Phoenix seems to do on 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 camera and uh in his movies and interviews and he just has something about him that's so charismatic and I just really enjoyed it. It it just I I can't really stress beyond this just how well I thought that this thing was acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just I I totally agree. I think he's amazing in the movie. I yeah. think it's one of the best performances of the year. I liked the movie. I I don't know that I like connected with it as much as I mean as you. I'm glad you really enjoyed it. I, really I did. Enjoyed. I did think it was a very overall a very good movie. But I. I just, I don't know, something was missing from it for me. I don't know. 
and I, I didn't see it after like a lot of the like backlash started coming. I saw it like right when it came out, so mm-hmm. I didn't really fall subject to some of that. So I wasn't like tainted by that, but just you know, there I, were people I, I who seemed like they it. wanted this movie oh, to like definitely. be evil or something, or they wanted it to be an, yeah. an atrocity. No. And it's weird that yeah. I find that I don't know that kind of. Did you see it? Oh no, honestly, you haven't seen I haven't it seen it. Okay. Like, and it's, what's weird is it came out. And I felt like it had been so processed by the culture that by the time I was I was that's kind of what I mean it. though. Yeah. Is that like I I saw it soon enough that like I didn't have to like yeah. deal with it and like because I know people that haven't beyond yeah. you like. That were like, yeah, I started hearing all this stuff about it, so I never saw it. I was like, yeah. What? Well, I'm not even saying it that made over a billion dollars. How do you how do you not see it? I just kind of it just kind of slipped through the cracks for me. But I did think that like I did have that thought of, oh, I kind of hear what I what that is, right? And I don't need to rush out and see that, knowing that Joaquin Phoenix blows me away every time, and yeah. that I have nothing. I mean, you know, Todd Phillips, he might be seen as kind of a a frat douche or whatever to some people, but like, I don't have anything against any director who tries something different. What do you think about the fact that they've announced they want to do some kind of sequel because it was so successful, but it's not really designed to be part of a universe or anything. What should they do? I mean, honestly, like it can be a part of a universe. They should make it a part of a universe. I mean, it it can be. Okay. Here's the the thing. The movie plays and ends. Yeah. Yeah. There's, 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 there's have you heard Joaquin's it. explanation for this? Because I think his explanation is actually pretty good. Because people have pointed out that that would mean that when Bruce Wayne has grown up, he's fighting like a 70-year-old man in the Joker. And that's weird. It changes the Joker. Oh, right. But what Joaquin said was that what if the real Joker or the Joker we think of as the Joker is someone who was inspired by this guy? Sure. Well, I see that makes sense. Like so, Batman's fully grown, and here comes somebody that says they're the Joker, and they're but it's actually somebody that's like throwing back, almost like a copycat way to this guy. And I was like, that's actually pretty clever. And there were a lot and of copycats in the movie. It could work so pretty well. So sense. you know, but as far as tying it in with other things, the only thing I think is odd about that is the way that DC is. There, I mean, it seems to work for them in some ways, but it is willy nilly. They've got like Gotham, and they've got you know, like the 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 shows they're doing now, and then they've got like the movies, and then they've got this movie, which isn't part of the Nolan movies, and it isn't part of the the DC established universe, and it isn't part of any yeah. of the television things. There is something kind of interesting about DC's willingness to have. Yeah alternate worlds and that was the case yeah. in the comics too they always had like different versions of superman and that kind of thing so how, how soon we forget that marvel had the same issue not too long ago yeah oh right where, where they just completely were like this is not in our world of cinema at all yeah and then it just kind of came together all, the, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's interesting man yeah, you so. don't do it without a plan and i, yeah, I think the dc to... would have been maybe all along maybe the the whole like DC Extended Universe or whatever that was called, mm-hmm. those movies. Well, maybe that's the blip. And the rest of it is this track record DC has of bringing in filmmakers and actors to make a very specific version of a character that doesn't have to be the definitive yeah. version because we'll do another one, you know? That's pretty cool. I mean, it's weird that there are so many Jokers like, like in the last, say, 10 years. But so uh, Heath Ledger or uh, Joaquin, who's the best Joker to you? Or Jack Nicholson or Cesar Romero. I mean, I I spent more time watching Cesar Romero. I just think that his Joker was out of this world. He's the only one who had the confidence not to shave his mustache and just put, and put makeup, makeup on. over it. Gross, gross. <laughs> it was gross. But I'd say, oh, Heath, just because Heath was a combination of the action and the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. But Joaquin is... It's just a, it's, a, it's just like a different take, and it's apples and oranges, because this whole movie, you're with that character. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like there's a lot more to process with his performance and what he's doing with it. 
is a whole different thing. Where like what Heath Ledger was able to do with Joker in Dark Knight when that wasn't really the main character, like yeah. that's an achievement in its own. And like how impactful and powerful that performance is, yeah. I would pick it because of that yeah. criteria that it's Absolutely. like it's a Batman movie. Yeah, you know. But this is a Joker film where like you know he's in va- basically every scene of the film. So and good. He, and he's he's really he's I mean, really good. He's like. There's going to be two actors that win best best actor Oscars for playing the Joker. He's going to win. I mean, like he's amazing in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're both quite an achievement. But I would I would agree. I'd probably lean towards Heath only because of what he did and what he like what he was able to accomplish with that character, like as a cultural moment, and um, in 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 the second installment of a Batman trilogy. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's quite amazing. He shot a rocket launcher at someone. I'm just saying, like <laughs> he, he killed a guy with a pencil, and he also benefits just from the Nolan factor too. Like you know, yeah, what, yeah. What, what those films were were a bit different, but um, yeah, but yeah. But the I, I I did enjoy the Joker too. Um, but I, I just felt like it was his performance that really. I I actually saw that twice in the theaters because I really did like it. Mm. But it I coming out the second time, like my takeaway was like I really love him. Yeah. More than I know that that, that I. And maybe a part of it is like, cause I don't know where the movie is going. Like, cause I'm kind of in the back of my mind checking myself. Like, are they really trying to tie this to something? Cause I, yeah. I don't know if I can like, if I could let that go, maybe I'd enjoy the movie differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess we're just conditioned like that now because they're like, it's a standalone. Well, psych, we're going to yeah. try to do a sequel now. Right. Because right, it made right. a billion dollars. Well, I mean, I think that's why, you know, that used to be the way they decided to make sequels in Hollywood was wait till something makes a billion dollars and then say, let's make another one, yeah. as opposed to now where you plan something as a as a trilogy. So at least right. this is like a legit, oh, maybe there's there's the gold in them, there are hills, you know, right. type situation. But I do think because it's a comic book-associated movie, the notion of it being a sequel, like it seems less surprising that they would do that, but mm. more surprising is the fact that DC would be careful to, or Warner's, would be careful to separate it so much given that they do have other movies happening right now that have a Joker character in them somewhere. So it's like, um, you know, it's just, it could be confusing, but somehow it's not because it's such a different looking take, but all right, I guess my number two, um, is one. And, you know, we, I've been talking about like acting that's really been blowing me away as the main force behind some of these movies. And my number two pick is one where, it was just great to see like such a big cast have such fun in a movie. And it reminds me of the kind of all-star cast of my childhood or almost like a mini series on television where they would bring in all these actors, but knives out, um, is just a joy. It's just a, it's just a, uh, I mean, I to call it a perfect film. I have only seen it once. So I hesitate Mm -hmm. to say that, but it left me feeling so good. And, and we, we saw it like the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just a great time for my family to go see it and then kind of, t- you know, enjoy the movie and then talk about it afterwards. It's just it, it the way that it's about sort of kindness and looking out for your your fellow person and rewarding someone for being kind and yet how it's a whodunit. And and you find out the, the, the nature of the whodunit kind of unravels at some point in the story and you see there's something else going on. But the fact that somehow it didn't lose tension because... 
it keeps you guessing as to kind of like, well, what's the next step? What's what's this character doing? Well, what does this person know? Right. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is the way this movie plays its kind of central twist so early, I think a lot of movies would have lost steam after that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this movie has people like Jamie Lee Curtis and Chris Evans and Michael <laughs> Shannon and, and you know, that's only three. Uh, yeah. And Don Johnson, who had kind of a year. Um, I don't know. It's just... Tony Collette. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, like, what... Yeah. Daniel Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig having a blast. <laughs> you know, he's he's him having fun is fun to watch. He was oh, so yeah. great in in Logan Lucky. Yeah, uh, say, it's his very similar kind of. You're surprised to see him doing this kind of turn. <laughs> Crazy. And, and I think this movie was also enough of a success that he's being. You know, they, they, they're talking about doing another kind of mystery with his investigator. I hope they I do. would watch. I, I would love that. it if they just do one every few years do for it, the rest man. of my life. Do it. <laughs> so one of the good. most enjoyable times at the theater that I've had this year. Pure entertainment. Yeah, audience love the movie. The and you know what I mean about like actors absolutely. having a blast being actors. Absolutely, together. you can feel it in yeah. the theater that these people are just like, like just having a, yeah a blast. Yeah, um, and it's original. But it just it just like yeah, jumps original. off the screen, and you're just like you're in the palm of its hand the whole time, wanting to know what happened. And even like you say, it kind of tips a card early on that most movies would lose you. Yeah. But there's so much else going on in this movie where characters kind of go away for a little while, mm-hmm. and their their reemergence means something. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the you know main characters in the movie when that happens, you're like, oh, this is really the the third act of this movie. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and it kicks in, and you're just like, yes. And it's so satisfying, so entertaining. Um, and just like funny and yeah, just it's managed so well as a movie and as an experience yeah. if you like mysteries. And it kind of feels old fashioned or like yeah, a throwback totally. of some sort yes. too, like to those Agatha Christie movies yeah. and miniseries and, and that idea again of just getting a bunch of actors to do these characters where they're doing something a little bit, it's not cartoonish, it's a little heightened. Yeah. They're playing yeah. with their energy, like someone like Michael Shannon, you know, playing with what we know about Michael Shannon, and he's doing a little bit of, yeah. you know, he's twisting his, his image a little bit. I love to see actors when they are in the hands of a director who gives them room to play like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Knives Out. That movie was so good. Aaron and I were like, what was that? <laughs> it was, that was... Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, great movie. And also, like, if you've been tracking... Uh, Ryan Johnson's movies, and he always casts his buddy Noah Segan. Yeah, uh, this is like maybe the best turn he's gotten because yeah, he's great. kind of there throughout the movie, and he's just a little bit of kind of part of the chorus of characters who are kind of commenting on the action. But uh, yeah, fun. Just f- it, again, I keep saying it, but it seems like it was a fun movie to make. Yeah, and I think sometimes that carries through to the last last frame. So my number two, I don't know. There's there's maybe a shot in hell that maybe one of you has it, um, but it's it's one of the it's uh, the the oldest movies on my list or, or movies that came out earliest in the year. But it's uh, one that has just stuck with me throughout the year. I've, re- I've rewatched it a couple times. Um, it's also one of the movies that I feel there's an aspect of it, a performance from it that got massively snubbed at the Oscars this year. Um, which is a theme now. Which is a theme. <laughs> um, especially for a genre film um, like Us. Oh, um, yeah. Lupita. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Um, Came out in the first quarter of the year. Lapita, uh, I think she's phenomenal in it. Um, I rewatched it even like this week just to kind of recap it, make sure I wanted it so high on my list. But I'm just, I'm just in the Jordan Peele business. Like I, <laughs> I just love his. I love his voice. I love, I love how like modern and pop culture, pop culture, 
E, e he is, <laughs> yeah. um, and he's not afraid to be it. Consciousness, and, and yeah, consciousness, <laughs> and because um, that's I love that shit. And yeah. you know, we talked about it even like last episode, like with Watchmen and like just just mainstream popular things that are not afraid to talk about popular things. Yeah, yeah. you know, even if it's in an alternative reality of of ours, but just like I love how. Many Easter eggs are in the movie. I love that experience of rewatching and picking up new things and, you know, things just making more sense or just you, you seeing connections that were there all along that maybe you missed. Um, and, and, you know, I just love original horror movies, too. Like, that's just something I want more and more of. And there's all this conversation about, like, you know, the the best, you know, horror having a moment. And you know, mainly, I mean, he's one of the front runners in, in those conversations yeah, because is. of Get Out and us and what he has coming in the pipeline this year but um i just i just like the idea of a different kind of horror movie like i think we talked about it when it came out just just i mean a mainstream huge box office smash hit of an all-black family you know that's the lead of the film you know like every character that you follow from every type every every um to start to the end of the movie it's not what you see in every horror movie or even that what you see in every movie that comes out in theaters on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes us unique and that's making his voice unique and what he's bringing to the genre and bringing to the mainstream um, and in terms of what people are paying money to see it in movie theaters. I just think that, yeah, as far as a voice that I'm glad to have out there and the fact that he's staying in genre at least for a bit, um, ah, that's just so cool. I love Jordan Peele. And just the idea of like that for the past couple of years we've been doing this and looking at my list, like the fact that every year I'm having like horror movies that I can say I genuinely love yeah. year in and year out that are constantly making my top three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just really reassuring to me and refreshing that like another year where get out was my favorite film two years ago. Like I have another one of his movies in my top three. Yeah. So I just love what he's doing. And um, I just think he's an also just like an awesome guy. Like I love how he's able to speak about his films and like how he makes himself available to like aspiring filmmakers, like watching videos of him, like jump in on like film classes and talk about what he's doing and how he's doing it and how he's accomplishing what he's doing. Yeah. That's really, really important to make this feel like you can do it. And like, mm-hmm. I know that's not about this movie. No, I know. But it is because like he's doing it. Sure. So like, and he's doing it at a high level. I was about to say so, at such a scale. So like, I, I love that. And I, you know, and like I and said, us is a, is a nice scaling up of, what we liked about like the structure and the style of yeah. Get Out. I think Us yeah. is a bit scarier. Yeah. It is a bit more, you know, like more of a horror film. Sure. Um, and and again, yeah, production value wise, acting wise, you know, it's, uh, just, yeah. it's just it's just a great experience. Tim like Heidecker said, and uh, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Olsen, um, Elizabeth Moss are, yeah. are incredible as well. Yeah. So good. And you know, and on a rewatch, like I said, I've I've rewatched it like three or four times this year because it came out so early, and I think I saw it twice in theaters too. It's just like. That 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 uh, ingestion of like I, I still love this movie mm-hmm. more and more and it's like that thing where you cut, kind of start to see more of things that he put in the film that maybe I didn't see the first time but um, and the other thing really is like expectation <clears throat> for me was met like mm. because of where he came from with Get Out and the marketing for us was so great and the trailer was great and the track they used um, was was so great it's just like I get bummed out sometimes when the expectations. I go oh in with too God. high, mm-hmm. but I mean, I felt like I really, I genuinely loved us. And um, yeah, number two. I need to rewatch that. All right, Ronald, here it is. My number one? Not, 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 not number one. Okay, so let me give you some context for this. I was on a plane. With snakes? Uh, on my way to. Uh... <laughs> if you say snakes on a plane is your number one, <laughs> I'll accept it, but I don't crazy. like it. That, that's allowed. <laughs> yes, um, right. I was on a plane 
on my way to a wedding and uh <laughs> I turn on a movie that I am making sounds as each beat happens mm. and my then girlfriend is like are you watching three movies is this like an anthology it's one movie action packed but it has subtitles and i think that that is a hindrance to people explain but- that you mean uh just so the listeners out there won't be confused she's your fiance now my fiance yes yeah, we're, she's we're, not yeah, yeah. She's, i didn't you break up with girlfriend her. right <laughs> so She's watching this movie. It's parts of this movie. And I, I can honestly say, I haven't had an emotional roller coaster and a, a genre bending experience quite like Parasite. Can I go ahead and say that's my number one as well? John. Yes. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. So often when you see a movie where you're going, what, <laughs> I haven't seen where you're like going, a, what is this movie? What it, it's in a bad way. But this is like in an exciting way. Like yeah, you, as you yeah. said, it's like it's fun. It's it has elements of of horror and of like a heist movie almost. And, yeah. But I mean, it's it's put together so beautifully. But you're right, that escalation, like that first half hour or so, where all the characters are being put into place, yeah, is so exhilarating and fun. And it feels like this real class conscious, then it kind of satire, goes, and then it turns into something else, and then it turns into something else. You know. But you know. it really is a it, there's a commentary about class, a real sharp commentary. Oh about yeah. Class class and how people view people and it, it even being reduced to a scent yes you know what i mean like, like that's a major plot point that there's a rich guy who thinks that poor people smell poor like people the bus have a scent. or they smell like the public transit or something he says yeah, you yeah. know but like so, he can smell it on the skin and that actually becomes a major plot point really so yeah, yeah. it it has so many things that it, it, it you know how you can watch some films and not pay attention and still follow it. You can do that with this film, but you'll be missing 20 things that'll kind of be rewarded in the third act. And it's beautifully shot. Oh, man. I mean, it's amazing. Like, the the acting in this movie is terrific. Like, from the first scene, that, that family unit... Um, I don't know how much you know about the movie. Did you see it, or have, do you know? I, much about I, it? You know, I did. I, so I, I haven't. I've removed it from my what I've seen because <laughs> I, I need to watch it again. Like I didn't truly watch this movie. Oh, yeah. okay. I tried to watch it, and I was very like you're saying not to be distracted, but I was very distracted. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did really like this movie, but I I need to watch it again, and I it didn't make my ten. But I'm aware of what it means. But 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 anyway, but, it is, but it's like it's so there's like a. I don't know, just a craftsmanship. There's a yeah. level of craft to yeah. the filmmaking, the set design, the acting, everything about it. And it does seem like it's really firing on all cylinders with this movie. But, um, I mean, the house, the way that it's constructed visually, the, yeah. the you know, the certain scenes really hinge on the layout of the house, mm-hmm. the dynamics within the family, the, their little apartment, it tells you so much about their existence. Yeah. I don't know, there's so much about the The little movie. kid in it? Yeah. Man, there's, there's, there's this kid in this film that's so fucking funny man like yeah it's it's just really well done it, it's it's a it's a lot going on and it, it works somehow i didn't think that it was gonna make i saw it really early and i didn't think it was gonna make as many lists as it as it did and i was really surprised just because it is man I, I there has to be some sort of shift that happens culturally where like Stop being assholes about things that are outside of the culture mm-hmm. that, that that you have, 
and and um F- farewell was another movie that mm-hmm. like kind of did this like it was unreal if i mean if you were willing to read the subtitles but i know a lot of people that just are allergic to doing it it's fucking ridiculous because if you could get past subtitles this movie is funny and has characters with clearly drawn goals and they're very relatable and the stuff they're up against is very relatable to stuff you're up against wherever you are so there's no real excuse for for needing the american version of this yeah except for i don't want to read subtitles and i'd like to see you know sandra bullock or or, right. or somebody in it yeah. george clooney or something um have you heard that bong joon ho is d- developing a a an adaptation of some sort for hbo right um and the only thing that makes me think that could be interesting is that outside of the fact that it could be very interesting but i just mean the one thing that interests me about that is that it's not clear whether it's like the watchman thing it's not clear whether they're talking about doing a sequel right. or a spinoff or an american version of this story i would be least interested in seeing these characters recast as americans and do an american yeah, version but same. taking this world or a few of these characters and, and doing something interesting with them i'm open to that but i'm Me really too. annoyed at the notion that american audiences need some kind of remake because this movie really is grabby it's not you know it's so good man it's it accessible should... too it feels really accessible if, yeah if you were to like it's it's the dragon ball z if that means, <laughs> of like korean films like it is so accessible it's not complicated subs it's not like real complicated subjects that it's it's just kind of day-to-day stuff right just really well done yeah yeah so Parasite. Parasite. No yeah, I need to rewatch that, man. It, it, yeah. If I was going to rank it, it, probably, it was in my like 15, but yeah. I feel like I was the fact so... The dis- 15 is... No, no, yeah, yeah, it was like number good, 12, though. I think, or 13. Yeah, yeah. But like I, I left it feeling like I did not I did not focus enough on yeah. this movie, and yeah. I should have. And that I was really, me watching really the, uh, the Righteous Gemstones, right. where every time I would put it on, I would be sleepy. Yeah. And so I would get to the end of an episode. That's basically, and go, what happened to me? And I'd be like, "Oh man, I'm loving this, but I'm so sleepy. I, I'm not retaining it, you yes. know." And I and so it makes me reluctant to watch the next one or whatever. But I loved what I saw. But I yeah. can't. I, I you know I wanted to. That show could have been on my list probably because of how much I admired certain wow, aspects of it. Awesome. It was so good. I didn't forget it. It was on my like also ran yeah. for yeah. the last episode. But yeah, that movie. Oh, that show's great. I mean. It, <laughs> I like wrestled with myself. Like, do, do I really just say this as my number one movie yeah. of the year? But I, 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 I really can't say anything else because, I mean, I, when I'm like 60, 70, hopefully I live that long. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'll ever forget seeing this movie in the theater. But mm. Avengers Endgame, um, I saw five times in the theater. Awesome. And every time I saw it. Five? Five times, yeah. With, with different people each time and myself wow. one, one extra time. Uh, alone, I mean. Did you um, catch the fight me tone in that when he said five times? Yeah. No. So <laughs> I'm literally I'm just saying like I you know it took, it took my dad it took Lauren yeah. Yeah. Aaron and I myself a couple of times like I literally wanted to watch this as many times as possible just chasing that high of like that time right. so many moving parts night. and yet and it yet works. and yet it works it does and so many actors get a chance to do something cool uh, and have an arc yeah and like everyone from Paul Rudd to Chris Hemsworth to to um. Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. to yeah. I mean you know like all these people who it kind of is their movie for a certain 
Bell. portion of it, yeah. I think that's a really cool model of how to throw all these characters together. Sure. And it means some people don't get those moments. Some people are just kind of backgrounded. But even that is cool to see Rocket Raccoon hanging out with the Avengers. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, The fact that they managed to make those two all-star movies, uh, Infinity yeah. War and Endgame, not giant messes is an yeah. amazing thing in and of itself. But the fact that within that, they they did some of the best storytelling they've done in all of the Marvel movies right. is, is really amazing to me. And it's quite... And I mean, beyond like the achievement that it is, like when I when we were talking earlier, like I look back again years from now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's going to be a movie that I remember just genuinely loving. Yeah. yeah. You know, not just because I saw it so many times or, or the feelings of it. Like, like when I even watch it at home now, like I get goosebumps at those moments, yeah. yeah, you know that I did in the theater. You know, I don't have the crowd screaming with me. Like literally, I was like standing up cheering. Oh, yeah. well, like how, how it's, fun it's, is it's that? It's like when not that a happens. it's not a sporting yeah. event. Yeah, that's what I felt like. You know, and and I will forever be nostalgic for that. Yeah. Like, and that's like another movie that I have that feeling. Where, like we've talked a couple of times like you t- about Indiana Jones or like even recently Guardians of the Galaxy. Like just mm-hmm. feeling that magic. Well, the Force Awakens was <clears throat> Force Awakens. That. Another yeah. example. Yeah. I felt the same way with that. <clears throat> but, but now th- that this... Star Wars doesn't seem to get that that reliable thing where a whole room full of people. I right. mean, it's like as much as right. I enjoyed the, the Rise of Skywalker, it, it yeah. was a mixed bag for a lot of people. Endgame was definitely the bigger crowd pleaser. Yeah, I, don't, just... I don't just mean financially. I just mean if you're in that room when you were watching it, right. you people were more on the same page. Oh, for sure. Than and they were, and in a lot Star less Wars. like you know. There's not a convert like most people really liked at least that film. Yeah, you yeah. know. But just the idea of what it culminated from and like just the idea of the the unprecedented nature of what that movie was um, for just for Hollywood, you know, for what we pay to go see monies for in the theater. You can criticize all you want, like what the theater is becoming, you know, if it's all superhero and, Mm -hmm. and franchise IP, have the conversation all day. But for me myself going to the theater, seeing Avengers Ed game on opening night with my friends, Mm. my wife. You know, dressed in my shirt, Captain America shirt. Like, I, I've never, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever experienced that level in my life. Like, yeah. even as a kid, like, I have very, very, very clear memories of movies and just like feeling that magic. And I think that the fact that, that it happened when I'm a 30, I guess, 38 year old man, mm-hmm. that that happened, yeah. like, that's even more magical to me because, like, I'm chasing that every day to well, feel that. I don't know what like, what the next movie would be to make us feel that way. I don't know. Because yeah. it has to have that kind of cultural capital know. behind it. Like when you yeah. talk about The Force Awakens, that was new Star Wars that felt right after all these years. Totally. And it totally. was seeing the, seeing the Millennium Falcon again, that kind of shit. Sure. This was the culmination of this huge beloved series with all these great actors. And I mean... So it's like you can't manufacture that. Even a movie being great can't make you feel that way. It has to be at built that level up over right. time. Yeah. All this storytelling, the weight of it all, has oh, yeah, arrived yeah. at this one moment, and a character makes a choice that resonates backwards th- with all the stuff you know. You don't get to you don't get to make those moments happen in just a, a two hour span. You have yeah. to build it up and make people wait for it. You know, and there is something about just knowing that was the plan and then seeing them do it. That movie, yeah. You guys know how I felt about Infinity War. Like I didn't, I didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Endgame was. F- yeah. So I recently, I recently watched Endgame again yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah. It is a perfect fucking film. It's like, great. It is. It, it really, is so. In the good. context of what they in did context, to get, yeah. it to, is get to that, like perfect. you just said, the weight it's carried from whatever twenty it, plus five plus films. It, yeah, the, the the to manage to try to like really kind of land the vast majority of. Or to, or, or to kind of all those balls in the air, just like somehow most of them, if not all of them, depending on your opinion, land. 
it's just unprecedented. And, and I mean, yet it didn't feel like an exercise or a no, chore or anything. No, no. It told a little backstory. You know, that was yeah. my pet yeah, peeve. Yeah. It told a little backstory. It 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 really connected all the things. I fucking love that film. And it was crazy because like I came in with the the residual feelings of Infinity War. I was like, man, I didn't love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is this is everything that I wanted. Yeah. In the first one, and it just kind of answered all the questions. It did really well. All the fights together. I they they said that the women coming together and fighting was cheap. I fucking loved it. I mean, I loved it. I think that kind of moment. I, it's a, it's a fun thing for them yeah. to do. Just to say, I like, let's, let's like just show example, you how like, many. What do you like? It's an example of like, like what should have happened. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean, it's like if it want? didn't happen, there'd be a, a problem that it didn't happen. But it happened, it, and it's man. a problem. It's just like. These are all characters. There's a moment mm-hmm. that happens that is, you know, you may want to, the critic would say it's fabricated or it's kind of manufactured, but damn if that isn't awesome to see. And to be just, know? just reminded, oh yeah, there's all these cool characters and, yeah. you know, the, the, you know, it's like yeah. the, for this one little window, this little second, they're all kind of in the same spot. Yeah. yeah. No, the I, scene where like all the fast characters were kind of like running mm-hmm. yeah. with it, <laughs> it's just like, that was so cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like I... This is a good movie. I mean, movie. I don't know that I'm surprised at all, but are you at all surprised that Robert Downey Jr. didn't get a nomination for that? Not really. I'll it, be honest. I mean, he, like, it, it, I mean, it, I mean, the performance is there, and like, it yeah. hits. Yeah, like, especially it over the entire arc of that totally. character. It's yeah. totally. But, but it, it was I mean, so long ago in the year, and it's just not the kind yes. of movie they recognize for Again, acting. The genre stuff, comic yeah. book. It's it's amazing to see those kind of nominations get through when they do. But um, so if you could I, slot someone in for best actor, Adam Sandler or Robert Downey Jr., who would you who would you give Adam the Sandler. nod to? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think yeah, and I think at this point in those movies, like I don't know, supporting actor would probably be a better push for him. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, I just don't want to. I mean, to me, the reason why if, there's a big reason why it feels like it's his movie. Yeah, and it's like that central moment in the climax that the, the way he plays that those final moments, incredible. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. was always electric. He's so good. He's always been that guy who you can trust to just really juice whatever project he's in. But him and Tony Stark was a perfect melding of an actor and a role. Amazing. And he's got that. I mean, it's like, you know, he doesn't have to doesn't have to work again for this no. or many other lifetimes. He can go to conventions for the rest of his life. If he yeah. wants to make yeah, as many right. doolittles as he wants. He can show yeah. up anytime. Anytime a, a cute little kid is getting a prosthetic limb delivered, he can show up as Tony Stark and open up the briefcase <laughs> and pull it out. You know, but I mean, it's like, I imagine that's got to be fun <laughs> if you're at the point where you can maybe insulate yourself from some of the more annoying aspects of fandom. It's got to be pretty awesome to be so associated with a with a role that people love like that. You know, Spider Man hugging Iron Man. <laughs> I know. Come on. I know. Come on. If you didn't feel anything. How I mean, about, think, think about that. How, how about how about Doctor Strange looking at Iron Man and holding up the the yeah, finger the one. to say, "This is the way. This is the yeah. one." Everything you're saying, just I mean, just think about that. That's, I'm getting chills talking. That's about within it. like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah, you just mentioned like two or three, and we haven't even talked about Mjolnir. We haven't talked about Avengers Assemble. We haven't talked about I am Iron Man. Well, I mean, you say yeah. Mjolnir, but the biggest moment of that is that I knew it. But, I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I can watch. Like the memes, the 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 the. Have you seen like those like videos like where it's like that scene that shows like an entire soccer stadium like cheering yeah. when he catches the hammer? Yeah, I could watch those on a loop because that's my body. That's every emotion in my body. Yeah. Every time I fucking watch that scene yeah. when he gets it, he comes back like this. I just 
I, I mean, I, I'm feeling it now. You know, the Avengers good, Assemble, man. the Iron Iron Man, like even the funeral scene, like it's just all so effective. The last 30 minutes of that movie, I don't know how, it, it's perfect. How do you make 30 minutes the culmination of 20 movies somehow? And yeah, yeah they and did it, it works. Like yeah. that, it feel like cheap. that. Right. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. It didn't cheapen it. It, it. it just did a really good job of, it's thoughtful. It's somehow in all of this, it's, it's it, it kind of felt a little wobbly at some points, but it stuck the landing because there's some thoughtfulness that mm-hmm. goes right. into it. Sure, it's a cash cow, yeah, but you, they care enough to know that this will last forever. If you do it the right way, people will talk, be talking about this set of movies forever. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right? You could you could fuck it up and, and people be like, man, that was... That's good while it lasted, yeah. Yeah, or you could be like, I cannot believe that the Hulk did, you know, mm-hmm. like it's all this stuff. And and that's seems to be the thing that they care about is the legacy of this, yeah. this story. Yeah. And, and, it, and it worked, so. Yeah, no, that's my number one for the year. That's I a good I, one, man. I, I, I got to be honest, I feel like I tried to talk myself out of it a couple of times. Like, yeah. there's got to be like... It's fun. Is there no, something else? It, like, it was I at be one honest, point number one on my list too, Steve. So yeah. I, I, I know and what I, you I mean. Like, I, got, I can't lie. Like, anybody yeah. that knows me, like, I tell my wife, I tell my friend Lauren, my buddy work, at work, Dak, and he's like, yeah, that's your number one, right? I'm like, I, yes. Yes, <laughs> I, you're, I can't yeah. change. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I'm trying because I feel like it's wrong for no. whatever fucking reason. No. But this yeah. is my list. It's my favorite movie of the year. So, Steve, are you saying this is the best movie of the year, or is this your Objectively favorite? speaking, <laughs> it's the, the most best. well-made, perfect <laughs> movie of, of the year. Every other film, you're late to the game. That makes sense. Okay? You're done. You're done. You're, you're done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, good year for yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. I think a great year yeah. for movies. Yeah, I think a great year. year for movies. The more I go over this, like I'm looking at like movies in my top 25 when I'm going on my letterbox list, and I'm like... These 25, any of these movies could probably find a place in my top 10 for the year. Yeah. Like, I really, really enjoyed a lot of movies this year. Me too. And loved a lot too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, loved, like, any anything that's, like, jumping out to you guys that, like, you you think, like, were honorable mentions that, like, didn't make your list? Dolomite is my name should have been high on the list. I just kind of... I love that movie. Netflix does that, a thing to me where... Such a feel-good thing, yeah. you know? Super Netflix, entertaining. Netflix does this thing to me where, like, because it's on Netflix, I guess I didn't think of it like... It's like it's like, a it's like a negative... Yeah. Like it, a stigma. Yeah, but it was incredible. I saw it, an early screening of it. I thought it was out of this world. Yeah. In Us. Us yeah. made my list a couple times. It was, like, five, and then it was not on the list. Right. For me, Jojo Rabbit, Midsummer. Um, I really liked El Camino. Midsummer. Um, one day we got to talk about that movie, man. Yeah. You, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> what was the last one you said? I said El Camino. Oh, El Camino. I really liked. Did you see Midsummer? Yes. Midsummer. That movie fucked me up, man. I mean, for like two nights, I was like, uh, yeah. I can't deal with this. That's got a weird lingering energy. Did yeah. you guys like Toy Story 4? Yes. Yeah, yeah I like oh it. Oh my God, that man. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Me. No, honestly, that was one like... How to Train Your Dragon three that I had to kind of remind myself that yeah. it was it would happen this year. Yeah. It's been such a long weird. I think year. the reason I went with Dragon was because I, I as much as I love Toy Story four, like I feel like Toy Story three really was like perfect. Mm. Right. And Dragon, I love those movies. Like, <clears throat> you know, I've said it many times on this podcast. Like, they just mean a lot to me. Like, yeah. and my wife, like, it was a song in our like the, the the main theme from the first film is like one of the songs from our wedding, and. 
I just feel like they completely nailed it. Yeah. Like the last ten minutes of How to Train Your Dragon three, like destroyed me. Yeah. Like mm. it's perfect. Um, but yeah, so Toy Story four like just barely didn't make my list. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was close to making it. I really loved Ready or Not. That's Did one that guys, I really wanted to see. Yeah. Did you guys see that? I just saw it. With Samara Weaving? Man, it should just... So, it was one of those movies that I, I wanted to put really high. And yeah. for some reason, it just didn't make... That was one... So, Knives Out and, and Ready or Not are really high up there, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I feel weird that I didn't put Ready or Not on the list. It's so fun and it's so entertaining. It's a fun yeah, movie, no, It looks man. great. You're going to love it. Yeah. Oh, John. Did either of you see Four vs. Ferrari? No, no, I want to though. That's that another was, one. That was an also that was great. And then I also had I really liked Little Women. I just saw mm-hmm. that last night. Yeah. To try to get ready. That just barely missed it. Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon was so good. Phenomenal. I, so seen, yeah. I broke down crying. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was really I'll, good. I'll add you to our text thread with the crying emoji. <laughs> Please do. You've just uh, gained entry. No John Wick. No, no John. And John Wick. Some yeah in my top twenty. Last night. You saw it last night? The Amazon movie last oh, night. Oh, 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 late night. Late night. It was late night? I thought it was last late night. night. Late night. I'm sorry. I have yeah. late night here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late night. Would you lose like your glasses that. today or something? <laughs> yeah, some glasses. Did you see late night? <laughs> no. That's the one with Mindy Kaling. Yes. Yeah. It, it was so good. good, man. I liked, I think I liked Britney Runs a Marathon more. That was also an Amazon. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't really see funny. that yet. I didn't see that yet. I'm just going to throw off a couple other ones real quick. Uh, Hustlers. I thought it was really good. Great movie. John Wick, I did really like. Um, some that I had, I made a couple that like nobody's talking about. Loose. Mm. I didn't see that. Dude, Loose, so good. You would love it. The King, I actually really liked. Netflix movie, Timothy uh-huh. Chalamet. I didn't see The yeah. King. Uh, Henry the Fifth? I, I'm not really. Uh, <laughs> Henry the King. <laughs> Henry the King. <laughs> yeah. um, I watched Two Popes. That was actually really good. Mm. Uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm. Waves. Oh, Did you still see waves? Need to see it. No. What the fuck, Ronald? Yeah. I can't. can't You're gonna love that. I couldn't movie. find a place that played oh it near me. Where'd it's, you see it? It's uh, Columbia. That is Columbia. Yeah. Get that. It's really good. I want to see it. And that. zero people. I, I saw one of the video bloggers I follow on YouTube, Chris Stuckman. He uh, mentioned this movie. I hadn't even heard of it. Official Secrets. Mm. It's um, Kieran Knightley. <laughs> it's like a based on a true story about like. Um, Does it take place now, or is it a period? Piece? It's like it takes place, I think, in like the early two thousands. Oh, um, but it's basically about um, the woman who uh, she was like the British intelligence whistleblower uh, who leaked the NSA memo about like the U.S. and U.K. joint effort to like basically force war with Iraq, mm. and it's about her. Her name's Catherine Gunn, but she's in it, and like. Um, uh, what's the dude's name who played uh, Ozymandias in Zack Snyder's Watch? Matthew Good. Matthew Good is in it. I'm surprised I pulled that uh, yeah, so quickly. Yeah, like the name is like there always, but um, knew nothing about that until I saw it pop up on his list. Ray Fiennes is in it. Matt Smith's in it. I thought it was great. I like check it out. you guys would definitely dig it. I think um, that might be on one of the streaming platforms, but. But it ought to just say like a name a bunch of movies just mm-hmm. for people that may have never heard of them. There's a there's a there's a wealth of really good film this year, I think. And um, we've mentioned some in our top ten, but you know, there's tons of other lists out there on the internet. 
Academy Awards coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're the most representative of what's great out there. Right. But there are some great movies in those categories, too. So we hope you guys like can check it out. If you saw something that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Please, please tell us. tell us. Because sometimes we just miss shit. Uh, we try not to, but it happens. Cool. So, yeah. uh, damn. That was it. That was it. I liked our system. 10, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, it was a little more efficient, yeah, I think. I like that. And, and it kind of funneled it into like a really strong conversation about the ones that were higher up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what's coming up episode-wise, John? We got like an Oscar episode we're going to try to do maybe? We'll probably or... do some kind of Oscar episode. Maybe maybe the Schmovie Awards will come back this year. Who knows? Schmovie Awards? Oh, we, we need to. Yeah. Uh, we are supposed to do an episode where we, we talk about the Scream films. That's oh. that's that's another oh, one. Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do that in this kind of early part of the year when there's not so much prestige stuff coming out. I don't that'd know. be fun. Uh, but yeah, so moviesmovie.com, you can find us. Uh, any of the podcast platforms you subscribe to, and again, if you saw some movies this year that we didn't talk about, you can email us at moviesmovie at gmail.com or on a Facebook page. Um, pass it along. Share that info if you have it. But uh, if you guys are good, yeah, I'm good. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.